How are we doing today, Bucketheads? This is Joe with at CBBDFS, and we're mixing it up a little bit today. Um, we're switching away from our traditional zone defense with the three of us, and we're going to a little man-to-man. And and today it's just me. Um, I'm in an isolation. I got Ben Heisler from Fantasy Sports Markets one-on-one, um, the one and only Ben Heisler. He is the director of media at Fantasy Sports Market. He's the host of the Fantasy Football Sunday podcast on FSM Network executive producer and host of the Awful Announcing podcast. You can find him on Twitter, at Benny Heiss, H-E-I-S. Ben, thanks for joining us. How are you doing tonight? A little man-a-man with Joe Harmon. <laughs> it's good to be with you, man. It's been a long time. It's excited to finally get some college basketball conversation going. I have been uh, just sort of subversed myself in the world of football, especially in the fantasy life. But uh, it's good to try and retrain my brain a little bit and always get to catch up with you. Yeah, it's it's not too far off. Uh, it's going to sneak sneakily kind of sneak in in a couple of weeks and and college basketball will be here. We got a lot of fun tournaments to start the year. But before we get into all that, I want to I want to let the listeners know a little bit more about you. Um you're a Midwest guy. Um so kind of kind of take us through the 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 path of of Benny Heiss on his way into this fantasy universe. Oh wow, I have to dig way back. Um well, to be honest with you, like I Midwest guy, I grew up in the Chicagoland area. Uh Indiana University grad, and then spent a little bit of time working in the broadcast and radio field uh, in St. Louis doing play-by-play, uh, then over to D.C. to work at SiriusXM as a producer for their Major League Baseball radio network, uh, and then over to Kansas City to try and get some more on-air time, and that's where I've been for the last five and a half years or so. So I was in Kansas City Sports Radio um, starting in 2014, and I you know, went there to try and sort of work my way up in this industry. Um, was working and being the executive producer for a great afternoon drive show called The Drive uh, with two guys by the name, name of Danny Parkins, who's now doing a very good name, uh, who's now doing Afternoon Drive in Chicago, and Carrington Harrison, who's still with yeah. uh, Sixth Sense Sports Radio. Uh, both really, really talented guys that I had the privilege of being able to work with. But I wanted to get some more on airtime. I wanted to sort of bring my resume up a little bit. And the, the link into the fantasy world was there was an opening for the Fantasy Football Sunday show. And my program director, a guy by the name of John Hansen, came to me and said, is this something you'd be interested in? And, you know, I, I dabbled in, in daily fantasy. I was in some season-long leagues, nothing really on the college basketball side. I was more following it as an Indiana fan. But I said, yeah, no, of course. I did whatever I, I needed to do to try and get myself on air. Um, and then the show over the last four years really started to take off. And I started to find myself more involved and in trying to look up a, a different rhythms for, for DraftKings and FanDuel um, sure. and noticed that there was much more of an interest on the daily side. Uh, and my final year hosting that show was in, let's see, 2000 and, uh, 2017. And there was a new sponsor of the show. It was a new daily fantasy company called Fantasy Sports Market. So that was uh, relatively based in the Kansas and, and Oklahoma area. And they had this concept, which was, how do we find a new way to play daily fantasy? And that's with no salary caps. You can actually draft guys that you want to play. But this is a really unique concept. This is something that's different. And so I played on the site and was fairly successful uh, and always stayed in touch with a guy by the name of Blake Follis, who was running the site at the time. And uh, next thing I know, we kept up a really good relationship and said, you know, maybe we want to bring you on and run our whole media operation. And sure enough, uh, I've been there now for about a year and a half trying to grow our network and grow the business and uh sure enough it's been a really fun year and a half of trying to get this daily fantasy site off the ground nice 
Nice. Yeah. And we'll get, we'll touch a little bit more on fantasy markets and, and uh, fantasy sports markets and some of the layouts and what makes it unique from the, the major players that everyone's familiar with in a little bit. But going back to your IU days, what what uh, did you have some pretty good? Let's see. Were you a Samson era? I was. I, I decided to go to Indiana University and cover Indiana University basketball at the least ideal time. Was that the possible. driver? Was that your driver to Indiana was the hoops team, you know, coming out of high school? Or is that like, you know, if I'm going to go somewhere for sports journalism, let's follow an awesome hoops or a historic hoops team. You know what? I, I wish that I could say that I had was just drawn to Indiana basketball for a long time. I actually grew up a University of Illinois fan oh. uh, in the Chicagoland area. Both of my James parents like were, that. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was you know, I grew up in, in watching the the, the Bills, the, 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 the Lou Henson teams and it's Bill Self and. Bruce Weber trying to get D Brown and DJ <laughs> Augustine and Luther Ed trying to find everybody more. Darren Williams loved those guys having funerals for ex coaches. So, oh my God. Yeah. You're not kidding. But I mean that, that, Oh, that team, that Illinois team that lost to North Carolina in the championship game was, was my all time favorite college basketball team. That was uh, you know, my parents met. Yeah. They were, uh, my parents met uh, in Illini tower, my mom's first day of school. So, like, I had a connection to the university, but I chose Indiana for their journalism program and for the opportunities in, in radio and television. And also, let's face it, I, you know, I didn't have the grades to get into Syracuse and their new uh, school. So I chose Indiana because <laughs> it was a little bit closer to home. I, they gave me a little bit of money. And uh, I, I also loved the, the campus and the university and thought that it was a really good fit. But um, when I was there, it was just atrocious. It was the first two years of Kelvin Sampson. So, you know, you had some expectations. Certainly sure. that sophomore year for me which was uh 2007 2008 that okay. team was so loaded joe you had dj white senior year they had just gotten eric gordon beaten out illinois for him uh armand bass was on that team uh deandre thomas was uh, sort of a big backup center at that time um I, i'm trying to think of who else was on that team but i believed genuinely that that was a final four team i thought the talent around that indiana team could have gotten to the final four and they sure. were cruising Remember, their, the last win before Kelvin Sampson got fired was the stripeout game at Assembly Hall where they just beat the hell out of Michigan State, just completely obliterated them. And then Sampson got fired. College game day was there. I remember fans were booing Kelvin Sampson on the Jumbotron. It was a weird uh, scene. Then, of course, Dan Dockage took over, and the team, I think, went 3-3 three and three down the stretch and lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Tom Crean came in and the whole thing just got blown up. So I did not get a chance to really experience great Indiana basketball during my four years there. But you got to be around the history, right? You saw the striped pants. You got to go to the games. Yes. So that, that, that's not for nothing. No, without question. I, I, I still have my candy striped pants uh, that I'll occasionally bust out the, the tearaways whenever I feel like maybe they have an actual chance <laughs> of winning a game. I only bust out the tearaways when I want to surprise the wife, but that's another different type of podcast. So <laughs> I'm curious. To, I'm curious to hear more. You, you, you certainly spiked my attention, but I'll have to wait for the next episode. <laughs> um, so now you're in the Kansas city area, right? It's kind of probably kind of hard to avoid the Jayhawk and the, the big 12 stuff or what's it like there? No, it's, no, it's not hard at all. And in fact, you know, part of what was fun about being in sports radio in Kansas city for, for many years was, um, you know, I, I grew up in sports radio in Chicago, where there wasn't a lot of focus on college football and college basketball. It was such a, you know, a Bears-dominated town, and you know, growing up in the sure. '90s with the Bulls, everything was so pro-centric. That coming to Kansas City, where you had almost as much attention 
on Missouri football and basketball, certainly KU basketball. K-State was part of the conversation as well. Mm. You know, you had this terrific rivalry, even though they weren't in the same conference anymore, sure. uh, between KU and Missouri. Like, you know, that was that was really fun for me just as a, an outsider to be able to experience. Like, I have no dog in the fight. Uh, like, I'm, I'm wearing a, a KU zip-up right now. Um, but I, I have nothing against Missouri. I have no ill will towards sure. them. Um, my wife is a diehard KU fan. Like she's a, she's a meatball KU fan. Like swears at the TV, has fired Bill Self like at least twice a game. You know, <laughs> kick guys off the team. Like she's I love her to death, but she's nuts watching KU basketball. So they, that's been really fun for me to see it from that perspective sure. because you know that whole that whole madness is is, is real. Yeah. That. That, that's a culture that's a culture in itself around Lawrence it's a good time we've been down there a couple of times and hoping to get back again this year but that's a that's that's something fun for sure oh no doubt about it now uh right now football's king in your world obviously you have the the weekly podcast um that fantasy football Sundays you've had an impressive list of guests from what I've heard throughout the years is there anyone that captures your mind or anyone that really you really enjoy talking to this this season uh for the for the fantasy football Sunday show yeah. Or for uh, just the, the Fantasy Sports Markets podcast. Either, either one, either one. Um, I, I got to say, you know, this is probably a cop-out answer, but I, I genuinely enjoy, um, you know, the guys that I do my most consistent show with because I, I feel like they bring incredible energy. Uh, their knowledge is just so diverse when it comes to fantasy football. Uh, Derek Brown over at the Quan Edge, I, I think, is one of the most talented up-and-coming writers Um in the fantasy industry, he, he does a, a 10 stats need to know article over at the quantage every week. That's just spectacular. Uh, and has just really grown as a writer. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of his work and development. He's somebody that's been coming on for a while. And then also my, my good buddy, Justin Fensterman, uh, who's over at Sirius XM fantasy sports radio, Justin and I sort of have similar stories. We started at Sirius XM around the same time. Uh, he busted his ass as a producer for a long time and, and has really been trying to get himself more acclimated uh, to some on air opportunities. And he brings just tremendous energy so wealth of knowledge and uh, both of these guys, I would highly recommend you guys follow uh, for any fantasy needs. Derek is at uh, Debro underscore FFB uh, and Justin is at Fensty Sports, F-E-N-S-T-Y uh, Sports on Twitter. Both those guys are just tremendous talented guys and I'm lucky to be able to have them on a weekly basis. That's awesome. That's awesome. And and we were we were kind of fortunate to be your college basketball guys last year. You were our introduction to uh, the world beyond just Twitter. Uh, CPB DFS was just that. It was just our Twitter updates. And one day out of nowhere, you popped into our DMs or slid into our DMs, as they say. And That's right. <laughs> we uh, hooked up for a weekly podcast for a while there, and that was a lot of fun and gave us some exposure. And here we are. Look at us all grown up doing it on our own now. <laughs> Well, I, I got to say, too, that, uh, you know, from from the standpoint of having you guys on during college basketball season provided uh, not just incredible content for our viewers and our listeners and our players, but for me as well. Like, it was fun to be able to bring this roundtable element to the podcast with you and James and Bird um, just completely locked in when it came to the slate. And, um, you know, I, I think it was fun for me to have you guys initially sort of looking at the different DK slates. Uh, and then also be able to look at the different matchups on fantasy sports markets too, and say to yourself, okay, like how do I find a competitive advantage uh, where I don't have to worry about salary caps? Where can I really go and exploit right. a lot of these matchups? And, you know, I, I think for some people that might scoff at, at sort of what FSM does, that's perfectly fine. Some people might just like the salary format and we're not trying to get anybody to just completely abandon it. Uh, what we're simply doing is trying to find a new way to play uh, a new opportunity, especially for casual players that just can't compete 
um, with people that have algorithms and, and huge multiple sure. lineup entries. You know, this is a way to enter a couple different lineups and, and know exactly that you have the same competitive advantage as everybody else. So I, I'd love to have you guys on uh, last year and I'm excited to have you guys on again. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I tell you what, you said something there that really kind of stuck with me, that whole some people might scoff at the way you guys do things. You know, the fact that there aren't a, there isn't a salary cap and and, uh, you know, some people might think that that takes the strategy element out of it. But as someone who's played fantasy sport sports markets and had some successes and had some failure and someone who knows college basketball, I feel pretty well. It's not as easy as you think. You know, it's you, you can throw in your top you know, seven guys, top six guys, you still got to pick those last two or those last three to, to really round out your lineup or give you some diversity from the field. And that's something that's very important in the way you guys do things, whether it be with college basketball or I assume with the NFL's product as well. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think people that just go complete chalk, I suppose it's, you know, it's a safe way to go, but at least they have the option to do it. Um, and, and every, you know, we do these perfect lineup roster bonuses where, um, you know, say for a college basketball Saturday, $5 entry, um, you know, if we're doing a top 25 slate and there's, you know, maybe 10, 11 games on the slate, maybe you turn $5 into 50,000 uh, bucks with a perfect roster bonus. And, you know, of course, you know, last year you're going to have, you know, you know, RJ and, and Zion clearly just sort of stacked at the top because you always knew that they were going to be in there. And uh, when Murray State got in there, John Morant was one of those must play type guys, too. But, sure, you know, for, at least for NFL there's always going to be that one guy that you're probably playing on the salary sites that you thought was a good value play that had a chance to break the slate, but you're like, no, you know, he's not the big name guy. I'm not going to play right. on FSM. And sure enough, it, had people played that guy that they talked about playing on the salary sites, you might've turned a $5 entry into 50,000 bucks. Right. Right. No, no, that makes a ton of sense. And and you mentioned uh, Zion and RJ, and that's one of the things I think that's going to be fascinating about the way fantasy sports markets does their their play. Last year, they were locked. They were in every lineup. You couldn't afford not to have them in a lineup because more than likely they were going to do their thing. And if you didn't have them, you were done. In DK, you could play one of them maybe, but you'd severely handcuff yourself. So you wanted a piece of an exposure to, to those guys, but you just couldn't do it. Here at FSM, you could have both of them in your lineup. You should have both of them in your lineup. Ian, uh, Ian Happ's same way, Carson Edwards, same way. Um, this year, it feels like we're um, looking at a lot fewer of those type of guys, at least from the onset. And as we're writing up our previews right now that are on the website, cbb-dfs.com, as we're writing up our conference previews, the three of us have been talking. There's just not too many of those guys out there, which is going to be interesting to see how that develops. Yeah, no doubt about it. Like, you know, one guy that uh, you guys were always on from the very beginning last year, especially uh, sort of the beginning part during the Big East schedule, was Marcus Howard. Uh, how he was just flat out dominant, especially for the three point shooting and the amount of minutes that he was getting. And, uh, and certainly Cassius Winston was always going to be another really nice play. A lot of those seniors, especially on those mm-hmm. top five teams, you always knew that they were a lock for minutes. And, and again, minutes is always key when you're trying to figure out DFS, minutes leads to possessions, leads to opportunity. Um, but, you know, after Howard and, you know, Miles Powell with Seton Hall and Winston and, you know, Tinkle with, with Oregon State and Kamar yeah. Baldwin maybe with Butler, I, who else really is standing out to you this year? Because I, I think you're going to start to see, you know, maybe we played Anthony Cowan a little bit too uh, over at Maryland and, and, you know, Blackshear has transferred as well. 
Um, yeah. You got to look at the freshmen too coming in. You know, your boy Crean's got the Ant Man coming into Georgia. Anthony Edwards, he's going to be something else. He could end up being one of those R.J. Barrett type players right away from a fantasy perspective. Um, Crean's yeah. got a history with big, strong NBA ready twos. So that's one guy I'd circle right now on someone to keep in the back of your mind until the pricing is figured out or someone you'd want to get oh, in your FSM sure. markets. Yeah, Edwards and and Cone of Virginia Tech and and Carey and and Anthony playing in, in North Carolina and Duke respectively. Um, you're right. There, there's going to be some really outstanding freshmen. And um, I always screw up his name, but was it is it Io Dosun Dosunmo? Uh, uh, you know, I'm just going to have James come in and audio tap the correct. <laughs> but he's supposed to break out year for Illinois. And uh, that Illinois team's looking kind of fun. They got a nice big uh, seven-footer coming in, Kofi Cockburn, this this year, who's going to move uh, Georgie to the four, and that could be that could be a fun team. And just you know, taking a glance at your Hoover, your Hoosiers, yeah, they lose Langford, they lose Morgan, but there's a lot of returning minutes there. No doubt. Um, the the thing that I'm going to be fascinated with mostly is is, is three guys in particular. Um, I, I want to see the the step in the right direction for Rob Finnessy, who just got off to such a good start for Indiana. Like he was really holding down uh, the the lead point position, and and then it got hurt. Um, and then the the jump shot never really came back for him in the second half. He still made some big shots, but I, I want to see him really take a step in the right direction. Um, sure. Devonte Green is just been so enigmatic, but he's really taken on a big leadership role, uh, leading senior into this year. his his senior season. Which um, it, certainly all the talent in the world. And I remember that game against Kansas, um, where Devonte Green really lit him up, and, and just we've been waiting for those flashes ever since. Uh, and then the last guy that I'm I'm really really intrigued by is Justin Smith, uh, who got himself going towards the the second half of the season. Really had some breakout games. Um, but you know, was kind of looked at as an afterthought in the first part of the season. So I think he's now entering his junior year, but just a ton of athleticism. We'll be curious to see how Archie Manning really starts to deploy him. Um, you know, and then you have Deron Davis too, who really can sort of hold down the post, but he's never been able to stay healthy. Just got good size Mm -hmm. around 6'10", 6'11", 255. And, uh, hopefully, if he stays healthy, he's a really good rim protector. Yeah. Uh, they they brought in Joey Allie Brunk Durham too. Well. Joy, they brought in Joey Brunk too from uh, from Butler, so he's another another one. Someone yes. else is going to add size right away. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, there, there's there's intriguing guys at Indiana. I think that the biggest question is is what type of are are they going to be more defensive oriented with Archie? Are they going to be able to um, you know figure out what happens when they go into all those prolonged slumps? Like on the offensive side. You know, Indiana won some key games because they had terrific defense down the stretch uh, on a team that probably should have ran a little bit more. Um, and Archie's had them circling around a little bit. Like, are they going to adjust with some of these guys? And yeah, are they going to be able to get out of these prolonged slumps? That, that's my biggest right. question for Indiana. I know they're projected middle of the pack, but I do think there's talent here. So I, I, got, I got another question here on the, on my outline that I want to ask you before, uh, yeah. you know, because I don't want to keep you too late. I know we are recording this in the evening, but I have noticed a couple times on FSM markets or FSM contests that there's a, a beat Benny Heist contest. Got two questions here. Number one, okay. what is your success rate in this beat Benny Heist? And number two, <laughs> do the bosses get mad if you have a bad week? Uh, my success rate is, oh God, I don't have it necessarily measured. I know for NFL this year, um, it's a 25 man GPP single dollar entry, uh, where first place gets 10 bucks and anybody that beats me, they double their entry. Um, weeks three and four, I, I swept the board. I had two very good weeks. Uh, <laughs> week one, I got completely and totally destroyed because I was buying into Jameis Winston. 
uh, and his oh, new yeah, role, that's never uh, Bruce Arians in this offense. And listen, he's had some good weeks, but I'm just glad I didn't play him last week, and that would have been an atrocious matchup to do so. But you know, week one against the 49ers defense, I, I thought that was going to be a struggling team all year, and you know, they go and just beat the hell out of the Rams. So uh, we all learn, Joe. We all learn over the course of the NFL season uh, on a week-to-week league. So I, I, there's plenty of really talented players that come to FSM, and there's some some newbies as well. So I, I'd say for the most part, I, I'd probably I've probably finished top five, top six in four out of the six weeks. And then, you know, week one, I probably finished 18th out of 25. So as far as whether or not the bosses get mad, uh, they don't really get mad because, you know, the grand scheme (laughs) of things, it's not it's not a ton of money in those contests, just a dollar entry. Um, But I I am subject to uh, ridicule from them on Twitter. And I just have to take it. Finishing 24th out of 25th on a site that you're, you know, the media director for would never be a good thing. Exactly. So, but I, so, again, again, like I'm, I'm, I'm going at the same level as everybody else. I, I don't know what ownership is going to be. I don't know. Like I'm going in blind, making my team. Um, and, and then everybody sort of is on an equal playing field. So that's what makes it a lot of fun. I get to sort of compete on my own website um, against the masses and, and try and see whether or not my, my predictions and some of my takes hold up. Now, now we're still about three weeks out for CBB, but I assume FSM is going to have a full NBA gamut when that gets going here in a week or two. Absolutely. Yeah. NBA season starts uh, as we're recording this on a Tuesday um, yeah. week from tonight. So, yeah, we'll have plenty of NBA contests every day. And then college basketball, we'll, we'll have a slate ready for uh, I think it's that, that first Friday slate uh, is when everything really starts to kick off for, for college basketball. So we'll we'll be going and. I uh, should have daily contests for you guys. And unless there's just really no games on the slate, in which case sure. we'll just build you up for the next day. And, uh, you know, we're, we have a little bit more versatility this year uh, with trying to pick and choose the the games and the matchups that we want. So it's not just going to be uh, top 25 exclusive. You know, we had the, the power five conferences. Um, so what about Big East? You got, you got Big East in there this year? Because that's going to be a fun uh, fantasy conference this year. It's going to be really fun. I, we will have Big East as long as they are top 25. Um, sure, sure. Have a new scoring provider. That, that, uh, well, yeah, exactly. We have a new scoring provider that's given us, you know, up to the minute live stats, which we love. But, um, you know, as far as accessibility to every single team, uh, we're probably going to focus it on Power 5 and then top 25 if they're outside the Power 5. So, yeah, like you said, there should be plenty of really intriguing Big East teams into that mix. Um, sure. But it probably won't be anybody really on the outside looking in. Now, uh, how's your college football engagement been this year? Uh, it's been inconsistent, to be perfectly honest. You know, we had a, a lot at the very beginning of the season. Um, and those have Naturally. also been top 25. Right. But we've actually had some people who come pretty close on some perfect roster bonuses. And the college football wow. one is a $5 entry um, with a $100,000 perfect roster bonus each and every week. And part of the reason is, man. You know, Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa, you just plug them in, cash, GPP, it doesn't really matter. Each and right. every week, you know, they've been flat out dominant and go ahead and pair them with C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy and, you know, uh, Taylor over in Wisconsin. All of a sudden, like, those are like five guys that you just go ahead and lock in. Um, it's like Zion and R.J. again. Exactly. Yeah. And then all you do is fill out one more running back and another wide receiver and tight end the flex. And you got as good of a chance as anyone to turn five bucks and 100K. That's 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 awesome, man. That is, that is great. Well, I tell you what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you get out of here in a little bit. Anything else? Uh, anything else going on in your world right now, Ben? Uh, just learning, going through the routine of, of being a new dad. Yeah, you know, yes, congratulations. Been the, the big thing in my life. Thank you. Yeah, we got uh, an almost five month old 
Uh, he's been asleep for the last, let's see, hour and 45 minutes. So I'm hoping awesome. it continues for at least a couple more hours. Right. Um, but that's, that's, that's been a lot of fun. Just figuring out and just watching my wife just completely blossom and, and be an amazing mother. Uh, this guy, our little dude's got a lot of personality too. Um, so just trying to see the world through his eyes and, and figure that out. It's been a lot of fun. And of course, uh, keeping all the fantasy content going. We have you know, all these different videos with FSM and, and of course the audio podcast still going on and uh, just continuing to build the site up. So we're keeping ourselves busy, but uh, we're, we're also having a lot of fun in the process. That's awesome. Congratulations again on that, Ben. Very, we're Thank all very, we're all very happy for you when we heard the news this summer. I appreciate that. Yeah. He's, he's been, he's been terrific. And uh, when you guys are hopefully in, in our neck of the woods, we'll maybe we'll try and bring him out to Lawrence and have some fun. Yeah, that sounds good. Hey, I'm going to give you a, a two more questions and I'm going to let you get out of here. First you one, one, one's going to, one's going to be fun. One's going to be, uh, one's going to be, one's going to be about your Hoosiers again. Give me an over under wins for Indiana this year. Ooh, I'll say 19 and a half. <laughs> All right. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to let, I'm going to let, uh, let the community digest that one before I'm going to consult some of my reading stuff and read James's big 10 write up before I make opinion. And if I'm going to weigh in, take it the over or the under there. So, um, second one, um, and this was just curious, uh, with Benny Heiss being the Twitter handle at Benny Heiss, H E I S Benny sticks out. How many times in your life, give or take 50 has someone saying Benny and the jets to you? I'm not going to do it now, but the I, Elton I, John, well, Benny you, and the you, Jets. You, <laughs> more, more often than you think. I there's there's one radio show that I do weekly appearances on, and, and that's my theme music, I guess. I get they play it on, on the, intro? the Jets. They they play it every time that I come in. Uh, you know, every thir- every Thursday on on this one particular station. But uh, yeah, so occasionally people go, like, "Oh, Benny and the Jets, hey!" Yeah, yeah. And he just got a nod and smile. I, I, I get I the hey Joe smile. a lot. I get the hey Joe hey from Jimmy Hendrix. So. I gotcha. Do you know? Do you yeah. actually know where Benny Heist came from? I don't know if I've ever told you this story. No, I, I don't. All right, I'll I'll make this quick because I know that I've probably rambled on too long on your podcast. Oh, but um, my senior year of high school, I, I we had a high school radio station at the the high school that I lived. I, I went to uh, in the Chicagoland area, and we were doing this charity radiothon to raise money for Children's Memorial Hospital in Chicago. And, you know, I just started co-calling as many celebrities as I could. And somehow I was able to book <laughs> Dick Vitale for this charity radiothon. And it ended up being like this, this great success. We ended up raising about 12K for, for Children's Memorial Hospital. But he came on. He couldn't have been more gracious. Um, Dick Vitale. Dick Vitale. The Dick awesome Vitale. Awesome baby, Dick um, Vitale. That's it. Dipsy Doo Dunkaroo. He came on our little high school radiothon. And at the end of this, this is before I had, you know, almost perfected my, my Dick Vitale impression. Um, but at the end, I, you know, I thanked him for his time. And, you know, this is when I was still hopefully wanting to do play-by-play for a career. And I said, you know, Dick, I, I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us. Just to let you know, it's a personal goal of mine to one day call a college basketball game alongside you. And he goes, hey, man, I think guys like Nestler and Shulman and Patrick, they're in trouble, man. I think you got a future. You're the three S man. Benny Heiss, super scintillating, sensational, baby. Huh. And so that, that's where Benny Heiss came from. Swear that's to God, awesome. It was Vitale just off the blue trying to probably remember what my name was. Sure. Threw it out there, and it just kind of stuck with me ever since. 
That is that is a hell of a story. I'm not going to lie. That is fantastic. Kind of bringing us back full circle. So there you go. Yeah, everything comes full circle, I suppose. That's awesome. Well, Ben, thank you so much for your time tonight. I will let you get some sleep because I know with the new new one, you want to sleep when they sleep. So this is a prime opportunity for you and uh, looking forward to talking to you once the college basketball season starts ramping up and hope, hope you, you and your wife and your family are well. Thank you, Joe. Give my best to uh, your family and also to, uh, to James and Bert as well. Love the work that you guys do and I'm excited for another great season with you. All right, Ben, have a good one. 